Hello everyone, welcome to episode 35 of the PowerVex. I'm your host, Scott Jenkins, and with me as always is Tori Wasner. Hello, Tori. Hello, Scott. And also with us is Brendan Curtin. Hello, Brendan. Hello, everyone. How are we going? We are going pretty well. Um, we've just, this is our first episode that we've done in the new year. You, I'll, I'll introduce that um, you, Brendan, have had an interesting holiday. Just a little uh, bit, with yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, with the... W- yeah, with the revival of a um, a new cu- curtain in the mix. Um, yes. You're, you're a papa. I am, yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's it's awesome. Um, like I was talking to you guys before the show, yeah, I love love being a dad, love having a little one around. It's tiring, um, but, you know, um, it, it's awesome. I, I really, really love it. And, um, yeah, thanks, guys, for the congratulations. No, congratulations on all that's a huge achievement for you and your partner. We're so we're so you know, so proud of you. Thank you. Alright, all right, and with that, uh let's get on with the start off with the news. Okay, I don't need to beat around the bush. Probably the biggest news that has come around um the last couple of weeks is the acquisition acquisition of Activision by Microsoft, a deal that's reportedly in the 60, $68 billion. Um, that's probably one, that is one of the biggest uh, media acquisitions. Um, definitely one of the, definitely one of the biggest um, uh, video game acquisitions. Uh, just falling short of something like, I remember the, when Disney was buying Fox, I believe that was about 71 billion. But no, this is um, this is yeah, quite a shocker to um, you know the whole industry. You know, with, um, with Microsoft's previous um, media acquisition being Bethesda being only a mere what well, mere seven billion pocket change. Well, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm actually yeah, I'm actually thinking now. Yeah, you know, if the Bethesda guys are going around going, shoot, we could have hold that for a, quite a bit more money. Yeah, <laughs> if they were going willing, but if they were going to spend that amount. Um, but also, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a huge amount for Microsoft, uh, but it's also an interesting one with the acquisition of Activision just because of who they are within the industry with the amount of IPs they hold and with all the recent um, controversies and um, culture that has gone on throughout the company, especially with Activision and Activision Blizzard. Yeah, I just want to get both your thoughts about what um, what we think about this. I mean, my first thought is... Bravo on getting through acquisition of Activision. That's an amazing tongue twister. I'm not a huge fan of capitalism and I'm not going to get into the whole politics of it, but generally speaking, having such a gigantic company and Microsoft have even admitted because of the size of it, they're under very heavy scrutiny for, um, was it the, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's the company or the entity that, is it FTEA? Uh, FTC. FTC, yeah. So they're making sure that all of the boxes are ticked and the I's are crossed and the T's are t- dotted. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely, un- un- definitely under scrutiny. Oh, it just makes me uneasy. I don't like the idea of consolidating because everybody's now talking on Twitter, buy Konami or buy Nintendo. I don't like that. I don't think companies should be all under the same umbrella. The only upside to this that I see is that Microsoft uh, seem to be cleaning house of a lot of the um, abusive people within the workplace. Not Bobby Kotick just yet, but uh, I feel like that will happen after the acquisition. 
finalizes with a big payout, but at least he'll be gone, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be, um, he's, I don't think he's going to be any other sort of disciplinary action. Um, you know, he's going to get, going to get his golden parachute, unfortunately. Yeah. But once he's out, he's out. And then hopefully they can sort of change, change the whole internal culture. Cause it is very, just, it's rotten to the core. Definitely. And it's interesting uh, because, because there's, a couple of weeks this has happened ago. Now they've gone out and said that um, they actually had a blog post, like a really big blog post basically saying, you know, um, you know, we're still going to have um, the Call of Duty and that on the PlayStation Store because um, it was all, that was one of the big worries. You know, um, Call of Duty was going to be sort of pulled off. Uh, I didn't think that was ever going to happen. They were going to sort of still continue on uh, with their contract, but it looks like now they're sort of stilling what certainly wanted to go with their contract and above and beyond. So they're still wanting to keep Call of Duty on the PlayStation. So I need apparently even trying to invest in trying to get that possibly into the Nintendo Switch, which is interesting because I do remember with the whole Bethesda thing, they were sort of coy about that. And it sort of seems like, well, we spent all this money on Bethesda. You know, we're not exactly just going to be, you know, just trolling out to every other device that we can. Um, but it doesn't seem to be the case here with this Activision. They're sort of being openly and trying to get out. Maybe because of the whole FTC writing up on them. That's the game there. Maybe they're going, hey, okay, we're just going to be all open and honest and, um, you know, trying to get it. Yes, we bought this, but we're going to keep it open and try and keep it as many companies as we possibly can. I think they're definitely abusing their the goodwill that they've built up in like the last half a decade. They've definitely drummed that up. And it's, you just... You just—it's always a bit suspect. With it. You know, yes, there's a good, good thing. It's just like, what's the ultimate reason for this? What's that ultimate capitalist reason for? Yeah, money. <laughs> and Phil Spencer genuinely does seem to have good intentions with the Xbox brand and company, but when he's gone, who's to say that the next person will have those same intentions? Any thoughts on this, Brendan? What does Brendan think? Yeah, so I'm—I think I'm in the same boat with you guys in terms of like it's. It's incredibly sort of scary, I guess, like thinking that a comp- like you could just get this company go, oh, cool, here's just, what was it, like $68 billion or whatever. Like, here you go, just take that. We're going to buy all your, all your crap now, you know? Um, it's, it's scary that that just happens now. Like, that's just a normal thing. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm, I think I'm the same as you, Tori. It, it, it is, like, I, I don't like it so much. Like, the Bethesda thing, you're like, okay, cool. Like, I, I can sort of guess i'm okay with that because it was like they were just buying the one studio sort of thing but now that they're buying all these other ones like there's there's so much of them like yeah 68 million billion dollars is nothing to like that's i can't even conceivably imagine that in front of me right now like it's insane um that's doc that's dr evil money yeah exactly right like it's just it's insane like the when you woke up in the morning and you look on Twitter and it was like, what's trending? Activision, Xbox. And you start reading about it and your eyes just burst out of your head, you know, like, holy crap, that's just insane. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, that's just the way everything is now. That's just like, let's just buy everything. Like, um, this is a bit of an obscure reference, but when all this stuff happens, did, did you guys ever play the Futurama video game that came out on the Xbox and PlayStation 2 years and years ago? Hi. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, I did. I remember that playing on PlayStation 2, yeah. Yeah, so do you remember the plot of that game? Like what what like um the the Mum Corporation did in that game? 
Uh, the only thing I remember in that game was sort of like it ended up being a loop. So you ended up playing the game, then the characters died, and then you sort of go back in a loop. So recurring. But the actual plot, I can't remember. So what was the plot? So like, I guess the whole plot really doesn't matter. But the thing that always reminds me, like when you have these big acquisitions, is in that game, mum um, becomes the owner of Earth because she ends up buying 51% of all the companies and assets on planet Earth. That's what this always reminds me of. It's just like we're going to reach a point and it's like, you know, when Disney buys another another thing and it's like, okay, they like when they bought Fox, it's just like, well, they're going to be the only game in town soon. Everyone has to, else has to compete with Disney. Um, yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Um, but it's just, yeah, like I said, it's just mental. But the Call of Duty thing in particular is surprising. Um, it's also, oh, sorry, it's surprising and not surprising at the same time. I'm surprised that they wouldn't want to cover that as like, that's going to be the exclusive because you think about how many people play Call of Duty, like that's a system seller. But at the same time, they're kind of, it's kind of not surprising that they wouldn't just put it on one system. When you think about it, it doesn't matter how many Call of Duties they make. It's always like the top selling thing every year. doesn't matter how good or bad of a Call of Duty it is. It's like, okay, like it's another Call of Duty this year. Like you'd be stupid not to put on everything you possibly can. Um, and get as much money as possible. That's it. You see, you see, you see the success with like your know, Fortnite. You know, basically every company trying to get their own sort of metaverse sort of thing. I hate, I hate that term, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah it's just it, like, yeah, you'd be stupid not to put on everything. Um, and I guess there's a weird satisfaction I imagine that Microsoft's going to have when, hey, we just sold like 10 million units of it on PS5, and we take we take the lion's share of that. You know, <laughs> like. Sony fans are, are, are giving us money indirectly. And I guess really, you know, with Hulk called you, you know, what they can do, yes, you can go ahead and pay for, like, you know, like $100 or to buy on PlayStation, but then you can also get, if they end up doing you can also get it on Game Pass Day 1. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of their, probably their sneaky, sneaking way to actually get the, you know, people back into um, Xbox. Because originally, yeah, Call of Duty was, it was the Xbox brand. Yeah, because it had all the exclusive, like, day one things, like, buy a pre-order it now and you'll get the first DLC pack or whatever on Xbox. Or, yeah, the DLC maps came out first on Xbox and then it changed to Sony. Mm. But, I mean, like, online COD is also synonymous with Xbox Live. Yes. Or Squeaker. <laughs> the the 10-year-olds on Xbox Live. Yeah, you know, the... The Dark Ages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, that's a Microsoft acquisition. But um, Sony is not um, sitting, sitting on their laurels. They've gone ahead and, um, well, it's not a response to this. There would have been like months and months in the planning, but they've actually gone ahead and bought, they bought Bungie, the developer of Destiny and the original creator of Halo, um, only for a mere $3.6 billion. So that's still... That they only make one game. That's a that's a lot of money for a studio. How much would did Bethesda get sold for? Seven billion. So they make they they have ID, but they also have like Dishonored and Fallout and Elder Scrolls, and they're only worth twice as much as Bungie that just make Destiny. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but if they think it was Bungie, you know, they were the they were the ones who created Halo, and as you said, Tori, they were the ones who were working basically in the Xbox. Headquarters. Yeah. They were quite literally one of the first 
I don't know if they were ever acquired by Microsoft officially. That information is... I, I don't think so. I mean, I know Halo always was owned by Microsoft. I find it funny though. I find it funny that Halo was originally going to be a, um, a Mac exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gone from this Mac exclusive to sort of heading up the whole, bring up the whole Xbox brand to now being bought out um, by Sony. So Bungie be- by Sony, yeah. Their biggest competitor. Considering, you know, Bungie was originally in cahoots with um, Activision. Yeah. That's so all sort of like a, sort of all going around like a weird Ouroboros. It's just, it's just crazy. It is. And it kind of shows you how much the, the gaming space is shrinking at the moment. I mean, in the West, you got Ubisoft, Take-Two, and EA. And some smaller ones, but... You know, those are the, the, the big ones. And Take-Two really is only because of Rockstar. I don't think the Japanese companies have any danger of being bought out. Apparently they have special protections, particularly Nintendo. Oh, okay. Because I know, like, you know, probably, like, from a um, cultural... Understanding from a cultural standpoint, it's, is it frowned upon when, it, uh, like, a sort of a overseas company buys out a Japanese company? I can't speak to culturally, but I don't think legally. I, I'm, I know Nintendo has special protections. It's considered like a national treasure. Uh, I mean, there were talks about making World One Mario Overworld music the national anthem at one point. I don't know how serious that what? was, but I remember reading about that a while ago. But um, I mean, you got Sega, Square Enix, which is one that's mostly talked about with uh, Sony uh, and Capcom. And a ho- there's, there's a lot. These are just off the top of my head. There's dozens, but... I mean, everyone's saying, you know, Nintendo should buy Platinum Games. It's like, no. No. I, I don't think... Nintendo have a whole bunch of developers, like studios that work very close with closely with them without actually owning them. Like Intelligent Systems, uh, HAL. Yeah, like second parties. Yeah. That Yeah, they're the only company that I'd say would have second party developers where they're just developers that work exclusively with one of the big three exactly it's like it was like rare was originally it's like a sort of like a second party developer ended up like they started off you know the whole back in the old british um you know uh market computer um then they went on the nes and they became a second party with um nintendo and then they ended up being bought out by microsoft and now integrated into microsoft yeah and it's honestly because rare were just kind of hard to deal with um they missed a lot of deadlines and they made a lot of questionable business decisions so my uh, nintendo just went no actually because they, they were having a shaky console system life with um the 64 at the time so microsoft just swooped in rest is history i also casually mentioned you know that microsoft it is known that microsoft initially did try to buy nintendo and with yeah. that documentary that they had it was like they laughed in their face Oh yeah. Um, everyone watched that documentary. It's a six part series on YouTube. It's free. It is fascinating. It goes all the way back to how the Xbox was originally pitched to like Steve Ballmer and Bill Gates. And it goes and it gets into detail. They even have, um, oh, what's his name? Don Matrick in there straight up admitting that he messed it up. Surprising. They actually got him in there. Yeah. I was really shocked, but it's it's such a good documentary. If you're even like not that interested in the Xbox brand itself, it's just an interesting documentary altogether. 
But uh, um, so that's pretty much the biggest news that had come out. Um, yeah, so now we'll go ahead and we tell, we'll, we'll discuss what we played um, since the last episode. Okay, so yeah, we've had a bit of time to go ahead and play some play some games. Um, I'll when I first got after the Christmas sort of holiday break, I ended up um, ended up finally bugging down and getting the Spider Man collection uh, for my PlayStation. I just I just loved. It. I know this is a I know this is a PlayStation exclusive. I just want to casually mention, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was re- yeah, it was really good. I, I would probably rate that um, first Spider Man, you know, probably nine out of ten. The DLC for that would not bother with it <laughs> and um the mars morales absolutely fantastic 10 out of 10 for that um what else i've been playing i've also been i uh, just casually mentioning everything X, xbox i've also been playing a bit of um pokemon legends um i've haven't really i've got gone up to i think like the sixth level with that uh but i've still got a fair ways to go i've only gotten the actual pokemon the one you can actually go ahead and swim in so the next, the actual first Xbox game that I actually um, like beaten uh, was the Borderlands Three. I had initially got this back in day one, uh, a couple of years, a couple of years ago. Uh, got it, had it for a, the, had my Xbox One X. Um, didn't play t- too much of it. I got, up, I ended up um, playing a bit. Uh, ended up getting a bit up to the actual section where you have to help uh, race. Basically, go through and destroy another company. Basically, uh, lost a bit of interest in that. Um, did ended up um, training that in, and then like you know, about about a month ago, it ended up being on special back on the Xbox Store, and it was about twenty four bucks. So I thought, oh, I may as well um, pick it up again, and I just played it off through then. Borderlands Three. Um, there's um, obviously your standard Borderlands sort of four new characters. You end up uh, with uh, Amara, the Siren. Uh, Zane, the operative, uh, FL4K, the Beastmaster. Uh, that's sort of like your stealth, your stealth um, character who ends up having to um, getting using animals as part of their um, as part of their uh, main attacks. And I played as Mose, the gunner. Um, she's the one. She's like your sort of your gun gunslinger sort of thing. And her main big ability is she's able, able to get into a mech, sort of a sort of akin to uh, Titanfall. Titan, yep. Yeah. It's exciting full. Yeah, so you have to go in, blast through that. Uh, main purpose of the game is obviously you know going going around and you like another vault, another vault to go through. Uh, this what this time your um, the antagonists are the Calypso twins, uh, Tyrene and T- Troy. Sort of a whole YouTuber, um, you know. Oh, everything. Oh no, YouTuber podcast sort of um, personality with them. You know, they've got their own cult the children of the cult going around there very very annoying i did not get much for them um but yeah yeah you end up having to go through work through the missions end up going to a space shop the century three um just beyond pandora uh yeah just playing through the just playing through the game uh it looks ri- like now i'm playing on the series x looks really good um interesting though because it's got now it's got two modes modes like it's got a performance mode and a quality mode uh quality mode is 4k 60 and performance mode is a straight up 1080 uh 120 and normally you know i like say like doom eternal i would have gone with the uh 120 mode 
Um, you know, dropping resolution, that's fair, that's fair enough. You know, just give me that speed. But I found with this, uh, normally I wouldn't end up, um, I, I'm not really like a resolution stickler. It didn't do any, the upscaling correctly. It just seemed jaggy. Uh, but no, I ended up playing through, I ended up playing through that. Um, good, t- good time. I'm glad I actually ended up buying it and finishing it. What actually helped, um, cause you got a obviously you got millions of weapons you could do. Uh, what I ended up doing was getting the, ended up getting a weapon called the Hellwalker. It's a legendary weapon in Borderlands 3. And what it is, it's a Jacob's shotgun. And it, what it is, it's the Doom 2016 shotgun. Oh, cool. It's it's overkill. Like you're going in, it acts like, um, it acts like an upgraded um, shotgun from Doom 2016. So, you know, every, like you, two, you push it twice to like single shot, single shot, even though it's a double barrel shotgun. Um, you just blast and hurting. like going through boss, like going through bosses is just like, you know, just like casually just whittling down their health. So yeah, I ended up beating, um, yeah, Borderlands 3. Annoying thing though, you get in this, um, sanctuary and it's got all these missions you can do, but, uh, I didn't get the, um, like the season pass. So I'm always cut off by that. So you go in and it's like, oh no, you need to, you need to DLC. And it's like, oh, really? <laughs> But no, that's um that is Borderlands three. Yeah. So Toy, you've been playing um Lake. How is that? Lake. So I actually finished this one, although there are three endings. Um being a game with both a male and female love interest. So you you can guess two of the endings already. It's a really relaxing game. All you're doing is delivering mail, but the town is kind of spread out around a lake so you have your main town and then you have a couple of a couple of settlements well not settlements what do you call them just like a block of houses or a diner or a motel all around the lake and you're just kind of delivering the mail and meeting the residents uh, you're playing as meredith who comes from the big city she's a programmer who is just taking some time off from work although you get given a lot of work to do while you're on holiday as well, which is it's it's in the 80s, so you know I don't think it's a comment on anything, but um, yeah, you move back, you're taking over your well her dad's mail route while they go to Florida, so you're living in your parents' house, meeting the locals, delivering mail. Sometimes you're getting requests to do some work, and that's really it. There is like a, a loose couple of storylines and how far you get into them is up to you entirely uh it's kind of like the telltale format of multiple dialogue options and they have like a a variety of how like you could be flirty or you could be kind of distant or just positive but not too forward you know that sort of thing to kind of foster different levels of relationships with all these people and ultimately the end of the game gives you a choice depending on what you've been doing um you can either go back to the city with a multi-million dollar deal if you've been doing the work or you can go away with one of the characters and there's a third ending that i haven't looked into <laughs> it, there's two love interests and it's basically do you choose this one that one or neither but um it really isn't about the endings it is quite literally the journey and it's just a relaxing game there's no pressure there's no real time um, pressure on you to do things by a certain period of time. I mean, there might be, I just did everything 
very quickly, but I didn't feel the pressure to. I just did it because I'm a gamer. If you're looking for a like a just a relaxing game about nothing really, just about life, I can't recommend it enough. It's just like a beautiful game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just a casual playthrough. Yeah, but I, I like that it wasn't just a Telltale style game. Like you were actually physically driving the mail truck around the lake. So the route that you take is up to you. Uh, it tells you where you need to deliver all your mail. But, um, you know, you get to pick what order you want to do it in. You can be efficient. You can just go wandering around. But having that sort of layer of interact... It's almost like a... I don't want to say open world, but it is a very open map. Uh, it's up to you to explore it. You're given objectives in it, so it doesn't feel daunting. Because I always have that with kind of open worlds. But yeah, Lake is... It's just a beautiful game about life. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. So definitely check it out. Okay, Brendan, um, you've been going ahead and you've also played the Rare Replay. Um, how's that going going ahead for you? That's going all right. So obviously having a kid at my time is very limited in, in what I can play. But um, the first couple of weeks I had, so I had a couple of weeks off from work just to settle in and stuff. So I was waking up pretty early in the morning with Lucas and was um, just wanted to play something. I didn't want to watch TV. I wanted to play something. And I remember I've got the Ray Replay collection and because it's, it's weird. So I've got the game. I got it when it first came out. I've got it installed, but I've been playing it through Game Pass because I'm like, I'm too lazy to try and find the disc and put it in. So I've been playing it through that and it's been fun. Like it's been fun going through a bunch of the old games, but um, one game I've been playing on it in particular was Conquer's Bad Fur Day. So I never got it when it was on the 64 and then I um, acquired it through um, some sort of um, internet based means um, when I was probably about 14 or 15 and tried to play through it then. Um, never finished it. And then when Rare Replay came out, I was like, I'm going to finish Conquer. I'm finally going to do it. And I got maybe about halfway through and then same thing, just dropped off again. I'm like, all right, whatever. And we moved on to something else. So I was like, I'm going to try and finish it now. And I don't know if, if my patience is just thinner or it's just a not aged well, but oh my God, it is not, it's not great. Like <laughs> It's not a great game. Um, just... Yeah, like there's there's certain parts in it where it's just frustrating. Um, have you guys played all through Conquer's Bad Fur Day or or played it at all? I've um, I did play the original back on the N sixty four. Yep, and I did and I did play the um, Conquer Live and Reloaded uh, on the well, it was on the three sixty, but it was the Xbox One version. I actually have a physical copy of the original Xbox disc. So, oh, same. And I've played through it. Well, not all through it, like the start. And I went, no. I, I don't think I'm a big fan of uh, that era of rare games, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. It's like, look, okay, it's not, it's not terrible. It's definitely a product of the time, though. Like in a lot of ways, like the humor and just the style of game it is. Um, I gave up on it again. <laughs> I got to a point. <laughs> it's maybe about, it's just past probably three quarters of it. Like reading guides and stuff. I'm, I'm pretty close to the end of it. And I am 
walking around. It's like a weird first person slash third person shooter part. And I just think that. Oh, with the teddy? Yeah. And it's awful. Like, um, there's like laser beams that, like, if you hit, um, you pretty much die instantly. Um, so you've got to time your jumps and stuff. And the, it's just, I, there's no good depth perception in it. So I feel like I'm not hitting the lasers and all of a sudden, like, a hair will touch the laser and blow it up. Um, try, I have to like take it so slow and like memorize where all the teddies are coming out so I can shoot them. Um, it's just, it's not a good time. Like there's some really fun parts and some really iconic parts like the, you know, the, the mighty poo and that, um, you know, that everyone knows, but it's, it's not great. (laughs) Um, so that's pretty much it. I was playing some of the older games on it. Like I went back and tried to play through Battletoads, but that's just too hard for me. I just can't keep up with it anymore. Um, oh, I, I, I had to use the rewind function on that so many times. Yeah, but yeah, like I mean, like it's a good collection, and because it is on Game Pass, like I highly recommend playing it. There's some really good stuff on there. Like Banjo and Kazooie, Banjo Kazooie still holds up. Banjo Tooie still holds up. Um, but uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't play too much else on there. Um, yeah, uh, maybe actually, no, you know what? Viva Pinata is pretty fun. Uh, if you got the time for it, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty, oh, Blast Corpse. It, that game is so much fun. Um, Blast Corpse is definitely like the highlight of that collection. I feel um, for me anyway. Um, I'm really surprised they never did another Blast Corpse. But I could go on all day about that. But you know, we've got other stuff to talk about, so I'll leave it there. But it's fun. The Rare Replay collection is fun. Definitely worth getting if you if you've got Game Pass or if you can find it cheap. Like thirty games for for next to nothing now like it's so worth it i guess well yeah with with um conquers but uh, there you mean it was in that specific time you know it was here was this here was this video game you know made by a second party developer for a nintendo system that had the cussing of you know something like south park and that was sort of the appeal back then and it's sort of when you look at the lens now you know um it doesn't really work you know with the like the humor wise or you know the gameplay wise so, yeah absolutely definitely, yeah, definitely something you know like still glad it's there but you know probably not going to get back into it yeah exactly like like, like i said definitely a product of the time another thing that's product of this time um sonic generations which sort of tries and encapsulates uh both um both types of sonics so the classic sonic and the the 3d sonic now i didn't I had played this before and beaten this before. Actually, this was one of the ones I had gotten on the... I I rented out. Went to Blockbuster and rented out on the PlayStation 3, if you can believe it. So that was going a while. That was going a while back. But that ended up... Um, they had a massive sound. That ended up being about, like, um, I think $2.50. So I thought, oh, I'll pick that up along with um, Sonic Unleashed and a two Time Splitter... Two Time Splitter games. Um, but no, one of the things that I did was did obviously want to check out with this is because it was always it was one of those 360 games that had been updated. So not only was it updated to a 4K resolution with its upscaling, but it also ended up now playing at 60 frames a second, which is just so nice, so so nice. You know, it's just butter. It's just really really is buttery smooth, and it really does look good. It look it's. I always sort of feel like, you know, you have all these new games, um, you know, that, oh, sorry, these older games that get, like, sort of, like, officially remastered. 
but then you sort of i do i do appreciate the games is like on the pc when it's like okay um you know yeah it, it is still the older game but you know now you can actually run it up to you know god knows what resolution yet with god knows what um what frame rate you have frame rate had but it's just yeah, it's really really good to play now um so yeah this is sonic generations uh so basic story you end up um the modern Sonic, apparently there are actually two Sonics. You know, there's modern Sonic and fat Sonic, which is the <laughs> older style Sonic. I mean, that's what he looks like. He's, he's a bit, he's very round. Very round. Apparently they are two dis- distinct, from what I hear, two distinct different Sonics. It's not just one's, what, probably back then, uh, it was like one, that one was all the, you know, the from the past. But now with um, Sonic Forces, they're apparently different, different people. Oh. I thought it was a timeline shenanigan where it's like young Sonic and modern Sonic. Well, you would think then that that would make the most sense, but apparently you like can, I think in like Sonic directions, like with Sonic Mania, um, it's sort of like, it, I think it's established as a, um, like an actual different Sonic. That's weird. But the, the frame, the basics of this game is that you have, you're eventually going around playing the original, um, sort of one level from each of the original Sonic games and it's split up into three sections. So you've got the three, um, original, Three 2D Sonic Sonics, so that's um, Sonic One, Sonic Two, and then Sky Century from Sonic um, Sonic and Knuckles. Um, then you go ahead, you beat you beat the boss, uh, which is actually the um, the end boss for Sonic Two, the uh, Eggman, big big Eggman robot. After you beat those first lot of stages, um, what you do, you you beat the first stages and then you have to do sort of a challenge mode. So it could be something like, okay, you have to use this sort of other character to help you across, like, say, you know, the original Tails who lets you leap, like, you hold on to him and he'll fly across. Uh, or you got to race your doppelganger, which is your basically your speed run from the first time you played the stage. So you got to basically beat your time and it actually shows what, what the original Sonic was doing, which is an interesting way. Uh, all, yeah, with, with these stages, you actually play it like as original Sonic and uh, modern Sonic. So you said like the classic Green Hill, uh, you play as classic Sonic and then you sort of a modernized um, Sonic one. So after you do that, you beat the first boss, you then go ahead and do the next set of levels, which is sort of the uh, sort of the Dreamcast, Dreamcast uh, GameCube PS2 era. So Sonic One, Sonic, sorry, Sonic Adventure One, Sonic Adventure Two, and Sonic Heroes. Um, you got uh, you got the City Escape one, so that's the one that's set in France, San Francisco. You're going head head skating down a, on a um, sort of a um, ice skateboard thing, uh, and then you're getting get, you're getting chased by a truck. Um, so you do that for modern Sonic, and it's an interesting way you do it with the classic Sonic. So it's like different sections of the truck will just come roaring. Partially, you gotta make sure you get a try and avoid because they has like a set amount of like um, different platforms and traps. So you gotta make sure you go ahead and try and get that get out of there as soon as you can. Uh, I will say um, Seaside Hill with Sonic Heroes. The internet I heard that music is just like oh, just the nostalgia go, going in because I don't know if any of you have played um, Sonic Heroes. Assume I haven't played a Sonic game. Okay, okay, <laughs> I'll do that because <laughs> so I've got the. Um, yeah, so I went. Well, after actually, what after I beat that level, I went. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can play Sonic. Cause I play Sonic Coast. I've got the original Xbox disc, but it won't run on Series X. It's not backwards compatible. Very sad. Um, and then the next sort of so you go ahead, you then sort of beat the next boss, which is the Chaos uh, boss from Sonic 
Sonic Adventure 1. That's a sort of like slimy, slimy one. And then the last the last three sets are the ones from the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 hours. So Crisis City from Sonic 06, uh, Rooftop Run from Sonic Unleashed, and then Planet Wisp from Sonic Co- Sonic Colors, uh, which is, um, yeah, so... Yeah, so going through those, then you end up um, once you beat once you beat those levels and do the actual challenges, you end up fighting Doctor Eggman. You know, both the original and the modern one, and that's when you actually use the actual um, supersonic ability, like every other game. But no, uh, no, I I play through this. It's it's not that long. I'd probably say three hours. I took into it. Um, but yeah, going up. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's absolutely. It re- looks really good um, on Series X upscaled and 4K and, and um, 60 frames per second. It's 60 frames on Series S as well. So, yeah, if you can find it cheap again, um, I highly recommend it. Yeah. So, speaking of Sega, um, Tori, you've been playing some more Judgment. Yes. Um, so, I originally bought this on PS5 and I went, kind of want the, all the Yakuza games on Xbox because that's where the rest of them I own are. So, I bought it again. <laughs> for xbox series x and i've been playing through it and i'm about four or five chapters in so the first chapter plays a lot like a ace attorney game but with some yakuza elements like the the combat in it and kamarocha is all yakuza flavored but you're trying to solve uh, a murder case sort of um, specifically you're trying to prove that somebody didn't do it. So it gives you a lot of mechanics based around, um, observing evidence and sneaking into places to get evidence, which I guess is an ace attorney, but it feels like a detective game because you are playing a private investigator. But, uh, that first chapter really is just kind of like a sample box of what to expect from the rest of the game. Because I thought maybe each chapter would be its own case. Because the first chapter goes on for a long time. Like a good two, three hours. And then the chapters feel much more classic Yakuza game paced. Um, In case you haven't heard me talk about Judgment before. uh, It's a spin-off of the Yakuza series. Which seems to be going in a JRPG direction now as of Yakuza 7. Judgment feels like the spiritual successor to the gameplay of classic Yakuza. But um, I was expecting more of the the detective elements. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say that I'm disappointed, but I do feel a little misled, I guess. I'm still enjoying it. I was just... it. If the first chapter... The, I thought the first chapter was going to be an example of what the rest of the game is going to be like, and it isn't. Like... It is, but it's spread out. So those all of those mechanics that you used in the first chapter to solve the case, only parts of those mechanics are kind of brought in in the future chapters. Uh, tailing, unfortunately, is one of the most common ones where you're actually just following somebody through Kamaracho without being seen, which I know isn't everybody's cup of tea if you're a Assassin's Creed fan. Um, but the, there might be things of trying to get a photo or finding the right person compare it with everybody else in the scenario or just overall trying to convince somebody through the evidence that you found 
it's an interesting game. It's not quite Yakuza, and it's not quite the detective mystery that I thought it was going to be. Uh, each chapter does have its own clear, distinct arc, I guess. Like, you're doing very something very obviously unique from the last chapter each time. I do appreciate that each chapter kind of ends on a cliffhanger. That feels very of the genre. Um, I think I'm probably like a third of the way through of the entire game. I hope to finish it because I've bought Lost Judgment, which is the, the sequel, uh, on sale recently. So I'm invested enough to, you know, keep playing the series. Uh, Lost Judgment's actually set in, uh, I can't remember the specific place, but it's in uh, Yokohama instead of Tokyo. Okay. Uh, which is the same place that Yakuza 7 is set in. Nice. And you get that, um, you get the uh, Lost Judgment on Xbox? Yeah, that's on Xbox Series and on Xbox One, I believe. Whereas this Judgment game is only on the Series consoles. Oh. That's, that's... That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting way they, they ended up doing that. <laughs> but no, that's uh that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely um I definitely am keen to try um try judgment, um, see how it is, because yeah, obviously you know I'm a bigger big Yakuza fan. Um, like you. <laughs> I think all three of us. Okay, and Brendan, you've been playing the pedestrian. Yeah, so two games I've been playing actually. Um mostly because they've been so calm so i'll do the pedestrian first so these these are just been passive games i can play for like five ten minutes at a time because of i'm just gonna keep bringing up my son but yeah because we've got the kid literally anytime i'm like okay i'll put him down because he's nice and asleep i'm gonna put him down so i can play a game or do something as soon as i get the controller and switch to the game he decides to wake up so these games have been good in that like i can play for five ten minutes and you know, come back later. But Pedestrian was just something on Game Pass that I saw and I was like, I'm going to give this a crack. And essentially, it's like a, it's a side-scrolling platform of puzzle game. So you're like a little stick figure dude that goes through like road signs and stuff like that um, through this giant city. Um, and it's, yeah, just a puzzle game. Um, it's really fun. Like I wasn't expecting much out of it um but it's really good really fun um you can probably smash it out if you sit down and commit to it in probably about two and a half three hours um but yeah it's cool like so you'll have you'll walk into like an area on say like a street sign like um you know that would have maybe a street name on it for example and there's a little puzzle there and then what you do is there'll be some other street signs around it and what you have to do is basically connect street signs together to solve the puzzles like it's, it's hard to explain without showing like a video or something so if you're listening to this um maybe just watch just like a brief video so you sort of understand what i'm saying but you can't just move from one street sign to another without connecting it um and that's how you solve puzzles like you basically go to another street sign and then you can connect that to another and another um to try and move it on and progress the game but I'm not doing it any justice, so I apologize, but it's kind of hard to explain without showing some sort of visual. So, um, I don't know if I'm making any sense to you two either about it. <laughs> like, um, I, I've seen but, this one. It yeah, looks cool. It is cool. Um, it, it's, it's fun. Like I, I don't think it's anything amazing, but for what it is, like it, it's, it was fun. It was really fun. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I honestly don't have too much to say about it without like sort of 
not that there's a deep story to it, but there's some, some plot elements and stuff to it, like um, like background stuff more than anything. Like if you if you just want a fun puzzle game, this is it. But like you can pay attention and sort of understand there's like a, a somewhat of a story going on. Um, yeah, like I we'll talk about it a little bit more. But the whole reason I started playing it too was a it was something simple, but b it's part of the the cloud gaming experience that's on the Game Pass now. So that was that was a big motivator for me to to play that. Um, a fair few of the games actually that I've played this time around are all cloud gaming, thing, but the pedestrian in particular, yeah, really fun, really fun. I recommend it. Um, even if you just want to play, just to sort of see what it's like. But yeah, you give it a crack, honestly. Um, that, that's about all I can say about it, really, without yeah giving away too much. So I'll go next, and then the last one I'll be playing um, is Nobody Saves the World. Uh, this is a game. Uh, uh, this is a game, mate. This is a top-down dungeon crawling action RPG uh, made by Drinkbox Studios. Uh, they're the ones who made the Guacamole Super Guacamole series, uh, which I'm a very big fan of, um, especially the first game. I still haven't played the second game yet. Oh, sorry, haven't com- completed the second game yet should rectify that uh this effectively this game is just about going around going through dungeons and castles and changing and upgrading to different forms so you start off with sort of a blank slate uh as the hero um, but then you end up um changing into different forms so you've got stuff like you can become a guard or a ranger or a horse or a turtle or a mermaid bodybuilder zombie ghost monk rogue robot necromancer egg or even a dragon so quite a few forms that you can actually um, play through. Uh, you start off as um, the hero called uh, Nobody. So, you know, Nobody Saves the World. So, ah, yeah, see, see, <laughs> very clever. Got to have an I- high IQ to understand that joke. And yet I did. Oh, <laughs> um, you start off by having a nightmare, then waking up um, basically inside a small room, sort of a Zelda-esque room with it. Yep, and then inside the room, you've got something like a dead plant, a stained mattress, and a bucket with some yellow liquid and um, flies just going around it. Uh, use your imagination about what that could possibly be. <laughs> uh, you then proceed to get out of your place, and then the first person you meet is sort of a sort of a mini wizard person. The first things that come out of the mouth is a visitor. Where are your pants? It's sort of a thing that goes around in this game. Um, they tell you to go and seek someone called a Nostra. Nodgra Magnus, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that, who can help you uh, get a potion, get a potion um, to effectively help you get it as well. They say they're the most powerful wizard who has ever lived. So that's cross next door. You go into that place. Um, you then introduce to a, uh, once you go in, you actually then introduce to a character called Randy the Rad. Um, they also ask where your pants are. Um, Randy is a jerk who's just full of themselves. Uh, they constantly telling you to get yourself get your coffee with them um they tell you to find the ingredients you then search around the place um just you look in the cupboard and you find a magic wand you go back to randy uh they ask have you found anything and it's got got a dialogue option you basically tell tell randy about the wand and the two options are no and hell no he's a jerk so it kind of tells you uh what sort of um person randy is um then they go go ahead and said, um, okay, okay. They accuse you of um, having something to do with um, the wizard disappearance. So they tell you to casually step into a, a certain 
in the middle of the middle of the floor and sort of opens up a trap door like sort of like something out of mr burns trapping someone cool. uh <laughs> uh you land in the basement um trapped uh you look around the place and you end up finding a door that has an eight on it and what that is you what you end up needing to do you need to get what's called eight stars and it's sort of like an sort of like an unlock thing you get these by doing the quests so you have some basic quests uh, to start off like yeah going around smashing stuff so it's a basic basic ones just to show you you know how quests work works uh once you do that you end up um leveling leveling up your character and that's when you get your first form which is of course the rat um so the rat is able to um there's actually a, a narrow pathway that you can, you can go up so you go through you can become the rat go up and through them and then you end up and then you end up going sort of like a tutorial um tutorial um level the basic idea of this game you sort of have you sort of had your basic your basic attacks your you know more powerful attacks say with the rat you end up getting a gnaw ability which basically you're just constantly chomping down chomping down on enemies and the way that works is that you're chomping down of them it restores your mana because you've got health and mana and it also builds up um poison on them so you, once you once you get enough you actually get up um actually get poison on the enemies and they obviously slowly go down uh initial enemies you sort of fight are just um like skulls um worms with massive overbites and they sort of a gorilla monkey sort of creature with no head or legs just chopped off uh, after you complete a couple of quests in the rat form uh, you like the ability to consume this allow you to sort of um this allow you to consume health from enemies 30 percent uh while they're in the i believe they're in the poison state so that's sort of like your second ability that you can use where so you use it in conduction you go ahead start binding the enemy and then once that's sort of poison you chomp that of them that'll restore your health um so it's sort of a sort of you trying to go ahead and making sure you've got enough health and also increasing your mana by doing the basic attack um that also you also level out your main your sort of your main base characters like your health mana speed that sort of thing um you get the you get to this sort of the the end the end boss and it's just a, like a constant wave of enemy just coming through um pretty standard stuff once you actually defeat those and once you actually level up your level up your rat you end up um getting two new new forms and these are sort of your this is sort of like a more basic form so you get a guard which is sort of like your swordsman like a knight with a sword and shield and then you get a ranger um sort of yeah obviously uh, arrows um once you do that you end up um finally getting enough stars to actually get out um opening the door you then go tell you then you're done told you have to go ahead and start looking for the wizard um so you're just going around it's sort of like a standard a, a, a standard village um towards uh, when you get up to a section there they tell the couple of guards say they tell you okay you got we only allow ranger rangers in so you actually end up um you just catch then you actually end up changing into the ranger it's a fairly standard way of doing it. you just hold a button and then select like a like a weapon wheel and um changing your characters um you then get into the forest area and the, this basically shows you how to use the ranger uh basic form you hold the button down to sort of like hold the arrow down to sort of attack uh you hold the right trigger in to sort of lock your lock your character's direction in place uh, once you go ahead and look around the place you end up finding a sort of a fair like a weird 
Grummy Fairy. Um, they basically increase your mana. Um, go around the once you go ahead, um, you actually find another village to go through. They actually end up having a shopkeep, and this shopkeep keep will allow you to upgrade your abilities like your, like basically your um, like your health stat, your um, attack stat, your armor stat, that sort of basic thing. Um, once you're in the village, you end up finding the king who tells you that they've been locked out of their castle. And that castle has 15 stars that you need to unlock. Now, I had about three stars because I initially got 11 stars from the previous dungeon. Um, then I, waste, I used eight to get out of there. So I had three stars. Left. So the king then tells you, okay, there are two dungeons that you can go to, one to the left, one to the right. And then um, you go into those to so basically sort of uh, work through those dungeons, uh, get the shard, get the sort of, I think, bleed shards, and then use that to sort of like level up, level up your character. And when, when you're also leveling up your character, you're also acquiring um, stars to basically put through so you can use it to open a door. So I get the first dungeon, which is called the Tower of Atonement. Uh, it's level one dungeon. You get in and it's a... a and there's someone there and they tell you that ever since the calamity show up, these dungeons keep changing whenever I leave. So basically it's telling you that every time you go into a dungeon, it's sort of randomly generated. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, you go into, you go into there. Um, you, I, I text some more enemies. You end up getting what's called an arrow flurry ability. When you level up your ranger, basically you hold down a button, just a whole stream of um, arrows just go through. Uh, it's sort of a level by level system, like sort of, um, like level by level system. So you're constantly going up a tower um, and then sort of you get to the end again, you sort of, yeah, just finding a wave of bosses. Um, so pretty standard, they're pretty, pretty standard. Uh, annoying thing with the ar archer is that the right stick, you can't really aim with the right stick. So you sort of have to position yourself with the archer with the left stick and then hold the right trigger to sort of open up and attack and sort of like having to go back and sort of attack the enemies then there you can't just use the right stick to sort of casually aim because uh, i'm sort of used to like twin stick shooters uh, but the half that did that I unlocked the through the archer to the archer tree because you got a sort of a, a like a tree skill to unlock all your different forms uh, i unlocked a what's called a slime i uh, don't no, slug um which apparently they can use what's called a tear burst <laughs> Tier burst ability. I haven't actually used that yet. Uh, so managed to do that. Uh, then I went ahead and went into the second dungeon. Um, second dungeon. Basically, you've got to go ahead and free a whole bunch of horses. So, okay, that's really weird. Um, go ahead because it's sort of like a sort of like a humorous game. Uh, went in doing that, and then as I'm doing that, leveling up, I unlocked the. Um, I went ahead and used the the guard guard form and so level them up. and then once i leveled them up they unlocked another form which was the horse form so you know sort of apt really then same sort of thing you go up going up the levels go up to the end end section getting a um fighting all the enemies up there once i got out i freed the horses so that's always nice and then you end up then i had about 16 stars so i was able to get up to the Get up to the Grand Castle. Once I end up going to Grand Castle, that's sort of when it introduces the whole the castle system, which is basically uh, you can only defeat certain enemies with certain sort of uh, types of attacks. So you've got something like a sharp attack, uh, a blunt attack, 
a dark attack or a light attack and sort of the way I, I work this is that you had your, your blunt attack sure your sharp attack which is sort of like your bow and arrow your blunt attack which has ended up like your guardsman with a sword then your dark attack which is your poison so the idea is that you're supposed to use to chop and change your forms uh, while you're playing the game while you're playing it once you go up to it you end up finding out that you actually needed to see a certain amount of enemies to keep going up each stage uh first the first floor um just easily able to deal with the guard just blunt ability once you get up to the second stage it, it throws in a few enemies that can only be defeated by by the poison ability so what you would have to do i would have to get in try and attack as many enemies as i can with the guard guard form then sort of once i get once i defeat those change into the rat bite them with the rat poison them defeat them then change back into the guard so i do those for a couple of levels and then it gets up to the third boss then you actually get to an actual proper boss level um so it's a big boss like it it's just a bigger form of the gorilla with no head or legs um and then it's it, it mostly throws enemies that are just um you can attack with the guard but it does throw a few enemies with the poison abilities that you need to poison but those ones you only need to like poison once then you can go back to the guard and kill them uh this is where i ended up dying the first time uh, so i had to actually go up and go up again a uh, bit annoying but you know just, i'm learning annoying thing also with the guard with the change in the form because the you can do it two ways you can do it you can go into the menu and select it there which takes a while or you can have like a sort of like a, a form wheel to change it but it, it still uses the left stick so while you're going in trying to change your form like during a boss battle you know, if you're using the wheel you're still open to attack it doesn't slow down or anything so you're still open to attack so you gotta put your mental gymnastics in and try and quickly select it um but i ended up defeating the boss um the second time um uh, and then which you get then you end up getting what's called a gem shard and the idea is supposed to get a certain amount of gem shards to actually go ahead and project progress through the game and then once you do that you go out and then it just opens up all these um all these quests that you can you can you can go and do and then if actually through one of the quests I actually found out you can actually mix and match certain abilities so you can still like you can get ability you can have the guard form but you can have an ability from say the rat the poison ability so i could have been through that boss level i could have been actually um fighting fighting the enemy with a guard but also have a poison ability so no matter what i attack them with they always go down which is annoying <laughs> I, I wish I'd, i wish i'd known this sooner um but yeah just going over and i did a, i did end up doing a few couple of quests um type of quests i could do um one i had to find three aliens interesting no another one for survive a punch from a knight as a rat so that one was basically you had to make sure your rat is sort of like a high enough level that they can survive a punch survive survive a punch uh fall in love with a horse so yeah, love is in the air, and get garlic from a vegetable patch. So it's sort of like it's it's a very kooky, very weird game, but it's actually it's quite fun um, visually. It's very simple. Um, uh, basically, everyone's everyone's a bit lively except you. Your character's got no what they're like dead eyes. Um, sound design, you know, is quite quite catchy music. Um, but yeah, I would say yeah, this is on Game Pass. Um, I'm surprised it's only on it's only on Xbox and PC at the moment um i dare say it'll probably be coming out the other systems but yeah it's on game pass and i'd say yeah go ahead and um check it out yes.
So, Tori, you've been um, you've been playing Guardians of the Galaxy. How's that for you? Yeah, well, I um, finished this one as well. I was very pleasantly surprised with this one. Uh, so this is a Square Enix published game, and everyone was a bit nervous on this one because of how Marvel's Avengers came out, which turned out to be a live service game as well as its own campaign single player thing and it was a bit mixed on um release it's not a bad game it's just it's not what that game should have been uh luckily i'm here to tell you that guardians of the galaxy has none of that it's a pure single player game you take control mostly of star lord but you do have control over uh, Rocket, Groot, Gamora, and Drax. They all have special abilities, uh, which can be, you know, crowd control or big damage or just different scenarios for different attacks, basically. But it's all, it feels like a co-op game, but you're playing every person's character at once. It's it's really, really interesting. So it's a little bit of strategy in the middle of battle. But it's also got a really in-depth uh, story with... I'm going to bring up the, the Telltale system again because that's very clearly what it's based upon. There's not really any um, story-changing choices that you can make. You might you know, want to go through twice just to see all the dialogue options. There's some choices that might kind of diverge from your last playthrough, but it will kind of converge again anyway. So it's nothing groundbreaking. It's not like multiple paths. There's only one ending, but it's still really interesting to see how the characters interact with each other. And they also do bring up previous choices and it will affect the way that they interact with Star-Lord. So that's really interesting. Th that sort of dynamic dialogue system, even carries over to general gameplay if star lord or you go off the beaten path start looking for secrets on a side path you'll start getting chewed out by rocket raccoon or gamora whatever they'll tell you off like where the hell are you going <laughs> it's it's cute um and it's different every time i thought it would be like some sort of generic thing but it's specific to the area that you're exploring uh, there's a lot of, it kind of reminds me of a Lego game, how every character has like a sort of ability to be able to get past certain obstacles. Like Drax can punch through walls and Gamora can cut through vines. And it's reminded me of like the Lego games where you had different characters with different abilities to get past certain obstacles. And the, the main game, it's pretty much just like a over-the-shoulder sort of action game. Uh, Star-Lord has his elemental shooters. If you're familiar with the movies, it won't really tell you what these are about. They're actually blasters that can... Apparently, in the game, under extreme duress, will kind of adapt into a different element like fire, ice, electricity. And that will also have certain puzzles tied to it, but also... The enemies will have certain weaknesses or you'll have certain strategies to be able to maximize 
you know, the amount of damage that you're doing or the maneuverability of the field. You have to do a lot of thinking during battle. It's not just button mashing. You actually have to look at the tools at your disposal and use them at the right moments. Um, there's a bar that fills up that when it's filled, you can do a group huddle where you get the rest of the guardians all together and you kind of have to give like an inspiring speech, but you have to pick the right words. You know, you have to listen to what they're saying and say something back that's going to inspire them to actually... It, it'll give them a damage boost, basically. If you mess it up, they'll, they won't get the damage boost, but Star-Lord still will, which I thought was funny. It's a surprisingly dynamic game that really does pay attention to all the big and small choices that the player makes. So if you're after a, like a fun game with some exploration and world building and just fun dialogue, and actually a really heartfelt story, uh, I'm being vague on the story because I feel like that's something that you definitely want to experience for yourself. Um, if you're only familiar with the, the movies like I was, it will still, it, it'll actually kind of make you wish that the movies were better. You can tell that they've been kind of um, stifled by the nature of the, the MCU. Whereas the game kind of feels like they have like the whole Marvel Universe to, to pull from. There's a lot of little Easter eggs in there as well. Both on the cosmic side and like on the glo global Earth side of the Marvel comics. Overall, it's just a joy to play. It's a it's a fun game. It gets really tough in the combat, um, and it's just the the dialogue just really blew me away. It's really really well done in terms of how it interacts with uh, the player. Sounds like a really good time. I'll be, I'll be sure to we'll be sure to check it out. <laughs> um, okay, so Brendan, you've been uh, also playing some of the Hitman series. How's that going? Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, this is another thing that I just saw. It was they had the cloud gaming stuff, so I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'll give it a crack. Um, but yeah, I'm really digging. I hadn't played any of the Hitman's before. Like literally, the last one I played was Silent Assassin, which was on the original Xbox and PlayStation. So that's how long ago it was. Um, I heard so much good things about the new Hitman's that have come out. So one, two, and three, which is what is available on the Game Pass. Um, and I totally understand why people love it. It's so much fun. Um, I really, really like it. Like, I love the freedom you have to tackle. I, like, I, cause I don't know if you guys have played it, but they give you so much freedom to tackle how you take out your targets. Um, you know, like you could literally just run in there guns blazing if you want to, or you can, you know, like, um, sneak around, get outfits, pick up story details, you know, follow leads, find key cards and stuff like that to, to get to your targets. Um, it's, it's insane. Like it's, you, you get dropped into these like little worlds essentially for each mission and they're so fully fleshed out and they feel real and alive. And you know, like it, you have to really plan out how you're going to take out these dudes. If you want to do it as like a silent assassin, which is what, the game really doesn't encourage you to do it in one specific way, which is what I really enjoy about it. Like, for example, um, the, the first mission from the first game is like a fashion show. And you could literally just walk up to the, the targets and go bang, bang and pop them in the head and run out. But it's so much more incredibly satisfying to walk around and figure out, okay, like I can go 
to this person and if I take them out, I can steal their outfit so I can sneak into a new area undetected. Um, oh, cool. I found some poison. Okay. I saw that my target's going to get a wine glass. So when they turn around, I'm going to poison their wine, you know, like that sort of thing. It's, it's incredibly detailed and rich and it's just so much fun. Um, and actively encourages you to replay missions to find a new way to, to do it or, you know, find an optimal route or, you know, hey, how fast can you beat the mission sort of thing. Um, I've only played one so far. I think I've got maybe two missions left in that. So I think each game in the series has about six missions or so. Um, so I've almost finished Hitman 1. Um, but yeah, like I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, yeah, I don't really... Have you guys played it at all? I've tried. Um, the The strength of it, of being able to choose how you approach it, is actually what puts me off it because I, I need some direction. <laughs> I, th- I think that's the good thing about it. So, like, I do agree with you. Um, but, like, so, it, like, what I find is really fun with it. Like, you drop in, you're like, okay, well, where do I start? And you'll walk somewhere and they might go, all right, you can't come in here. Like, you're not allowed. So, all right, well, I've got to figure out something else now because you don't want to arouse suspicion. And you'll walk past some, someone and they're having a conversation. All of a sudden, bam, you've got a story mission that you can follow now that'll help you get to a target. So I like that in that it like it does encourage you to explore the world um and to really like pay attention. Um like for example, one of the missions is you're in Italy and I was just walking around, I'm like, how am I gonna get into this big castle? You know, that that's there, or this big mansion. And then all of a sudden I'm walking past this person like, oh man, I'm starting my first day as a chef. You know, I hope I'm not late. And then it's like, you can go up to this dude's apartment and knock him out, take his chef's outfit and literally walk into the kitchen, poison, you know, the the food that they're cooking for one of the targets. And then you take that dude out, you know, like that sort of thing. Like it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, but you can, you could do the total opposite. You could like literally sneak in, steal some guard's outfit and be a guard. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I, really really like it and again i'm playing that on the cloud as well which has been fantastic in that i don't have to even install it and yeah it's 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 awesome like i really really like it um i am gonna keep playing it um it might take a while though to to get to the end um because this is one of those games that like i really want to play but it just seems like Whenever I sit down to play it, either I've got to go do something or I'm just too tired to play it or Lucas wakes up, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it's great. Uh, I think so far the, the the things I really enjoy about it, I can see are going to get stronger and stronger as the, the game goes on. Because um, I've heard that two and three are really like take what made one amazing, which is what I enjoy about it, like the freedom and um, just the, the, the ability to play the game how you want. And just expand on it. Um, like I've seen crazy videos of people, you know, setting up these strange kills. Or um, I think a video game donkey, if anyone watches him on YouTube, he does some really funny videos of him. Like one of them is killing dudes with a banana and stuff, you know. <laughs> like it's just weird stuff like that. It's awesome. Um, yeah, but it's 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 fantastic. Like um, IO, the company have made the game i think them going independent with this is probably one of the best things they ever did because i don't think they could have made a game like this if they were shackled under a a publisher um 
it's it's definitely worth playing. Like if you can grab it cheap on PC or PS5 or Xbox or even play it on the Game Pass, I think it's absolutely worth playing. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of good things to say about it, but I feel like I'm just going to keep repeating myself. Um, but yeah, the, the, all the games that I've played this time around have been perfect for me in that the games I can pick up and play, play for half an hour at most if possible and then be able to put it down and go okay i can continue that later and feel satisfied with it and having the cloud gaming thing i can literally just boot it up like that and good i'm good to go nice nice and you've also been uh sorry i forgot to mention you've also been playing uh bridge constructor portal yeah just a little bit of that um that was just again another thing i woke up at five in the morning with lucas and he was asleep on me and i'm like well I've got the controller. Let's give something a crack. And I just finished the pedestrian. So I'm like, uh, let's try bridge constructor. Cause I've always wanted to play that. And that's fun. Um, I think that's, it's a pretty simple game. Um, it does get incredibly hard at some points. Like my brain just can't fathom some of the puzzles, which is, um, you know, like I'll look at something and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, what do I do here? Like if I build this bridge here, is that going to work? And you think you have this like meticulously built bridge with all the support and you're like, all right, let's go. And as soon as you start, like the bridge just collapses and you're like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. And it's really fun in that aspect. And combining it with Portal is great. Like what what a smart move they did when they made that game. Like combining it with something like that adds a whole new depth to it. Nice. nice. Sounds like a fun time. I have to sure check it out. Okay. Um, Tori, you've gone ahead and you've reacquired a Xbox wireless headset. How's that going for you? reacquired yeah so i got one of these just so i could um because i i can't wake my dad up because i i look after my dad i can't wake him up at night so instead of speakers i have the headset on for my games and videos and everything and one of the benefits of the xbox wireless headset is that it's actually a dual connection bluetooth so you can connect it to your xbox without a dongle as well absolutely throwing shade right now and to your phone so you can be in a discord call on your phone and have your game audio come through and the interesting thing is the cups like the outside of the cups are dials so the one on your right ear will control the overall volume but the one on the left will actually control the balance between the two devices so chat and um game audio which is huge i i think that's like a really cool feature other than that there's not a lot to talk about like it's a really nice headset um if i have to nitpick it would be the microphone i somehow broke the microphone on the first one i have oh. no idea how oh, i did no. it but i did it i snapped the microphone off it happened in my sleep and i was nowhere near it oh. <laughs> it was hanging off like the, the post on my bed frame and somehow I snapped the microphone off entirely. So I had to get a new one, but audio quality is fantastic for the price. I think it's uh, 150 Australian dollars. And for that, you're getting a headset that connects to two devices at once. So you can even use this for the Nintendo Switch and your phone at the same time. This is something that Nintendo should be doing, releasing a device that can connect to your phone and the Switch, considering the app that they have built. Yeah to work with that feature. Anyway, that's that's not Xbox. I mean, I've even connected it to both my Xbox and Switch. So I'm playing the Switch in bed 
while I'm having Netflix or YouTube or whatever on the Xbox. Oh, that's a smart way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, it's a little tedious connecting it to the Switch if you've got it already paired to your... Um... Oh, your smartphone? Yeah. So I have to turn Bluetooth off of my phone. The annoying thing, the other nitpick, I guess, is that the Bluetooth sync button is also the power button. Mm. So it's faster to just turn the headset off and then on again so it's in Bluetooth blaring, uh, pairing mode. Just make, that you s- make sure that your Switch is already searching when you do that. And it will connect to the Xbox automatically and then to the Switch. Yeah, because I've got this, yeah, I've got this headset of what has well. I've had it for a while. And yeah, I I constantly use this when I'm playing on the Xbox, especially when we do our um when we do our matches, you know, I'm just on the I'm on the Discord through the phone side and now I'm playing it through the Xbox. Um so yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the ear cups are just able to dial it in and just casually just you know, just get the right the right the right volume for each of the um each of the audio sources. The only yeah, the only thing I would probably um nitpick about yeah what you're saying with the power button is that you know if i say if i wanted to use it only on my switch or only on my phone i have to actually turn it on that automatically turns on the xbox yeah that's a, that's annoying it's just like what why really why couldn't it be that you because you wouldn't use the headset to turn on the xbox but you either puts the power button or normally you just turn on the controller and that turns on the xbox is there a setting to turn that feature off I don't think so. I've I've looked, but apparently, yeah, there's no feature to turn that off. Hopefully, they add that because uh, I could see it being useful. Just I don't think it's going to be useful for us because we're we're going to pick up the controller first. That's it. That's and that's normally how people really. That's how people would turn on their Xbox. So it's like it's it's really just an annoying thing, you know. If I just if I only want to use the headset, you know, I can only use it. Um, I can only use it. With, with that, I have to use it to turn. I have to turn on the Xbox, then turn the Xbox off. Yeah. Also, also another thing because it is a wireless headset. It doesn't actually have um, a three point five millimeter headphone jack. Uh, fair, fair enough. Uh, I kind of, kind of wish that you'd be able to like plug, plug in the like a USB C to um, headphone adapter, doing them. But you know, this is sort of like an Xbox branded headset, so it's only wireless. But at least it does, you know, the Xbox Xbox um, codec and the Bluetooth codec. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, definitely, rec- definitely recommend it. Um, and to sort of top this all off, um, Brendan, you've been talking about all these games, but you've been talking about them playing them on the cloud. How is that cloud experience? So I think we've talked about this maybe the last time or maybe the podcast before. I know you, Scotty, have touched the cloud gaming experience. Um but for me, my experience has been quite positive. I was really, I'll be honest, I was quite uncertain about it. Like you, you, you had some praise about it, but I was one of those things like, well, yeah, I mean, like with how crappy Australian internet can be, I was really unsure how well this is going to work. But I'm genuinely surprised and I, I would be down for this if this was going to stay a, um, as a normal thing for the Xbox in particular. Um, I know they've invested a lot of time and money into it and it really really works like games like obviously having a good connection is going to be the main thing like if you don't have a good internet connection like forget about it i don't think it's going to work for you um but for me like we've got um we moved into like a new house like you know a year and a half ago two years ago at this point and that came with mbn as like standard and it's been amazing i really like it um yeah i i i think it's going to be a way 
I wouldn't say it's the way of the future, but I definitely could see it as becoming more um, normalized um, if it, it continues to go like how it is. Um, yeah, it's smooth as. Like for me, my experience has been smooth. Like games boot up instantly. Um, they run quite well. Like you don't have a lot of lag or anything like that. Um, sometimes you have like, I, would, I don't know what to call it, but it's like a stutter almost. And then the graphics sort of load back in, if that makes sense. Like the screen refreshes. Um, and, but it's like so minimal. It, it, it's, it doesn't really affect the experience. Um, but the only problem I can see is right now, like you can't play games that require like, you know, instant reactions. Like if you tried to play, for example, good, good example would be Doom Eternal a game that requires you to be like on the ball and like react to everything as it happens. I don't think it's going to work for this unless you've got like, you know, the, the most amazing internet connection in the world. Um, but for games like the games I've been playing, like rare replay, the pedestrian bridge constructor and Hitman games that don't require me to react on time to things. Um, you know, it's, it's been great. Like I can't really recommend it highly enough. If you, if you're able to do it by all means, go for it. Um, I think you sort of had a similar experience to me, Scotty, when you used it. Yeah, because when I sort of when I originally used it, uh, yeah, same sort of thing. You know, it worked it worked pretty well. Um, I was able to basically use my PC to do it. A um, little bit of input latency, like as you say, you know, if you're playing something like Rare Replay, it's not really going to matter too much. It's something like a puzzle game. You know, it's absolutely fine. But it's just that split second one, like say there's something like Doom or say like a fighting game, it's just, that's really where it's going to impact you, I feel. Um, yeah, at least, look, honestly, the, the good thing with this is that you have that option, but if you can't really utilize it, you know, if the internet like speed and the latency is not that great, at least you are still able to download that game which is a far cry for, say, something like uh, Google Stadia, which is only be able to use on the cloud. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's obviously the benefit over something like Stadia. And like I know PlayStation now exists, but I don't know. Is that Does that work the same way as the, as the cloud gaming for Xbox? I believe, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've got nothing but good things to say about the cloud gaming stuff on Xbox, like, um, all that talk and money that they've invested in, it's it's paying dividends. And yeah, I would... More or less. Yeah, like I said, if you can use it, use it. It's it's awesome. Like the fact that you don't have to sit there and download like a 100 gigabyte file or something to play a game. Like I can just go, cool, I want to play Hitman and I want to play it right now. Let's go. And it takes no more than 15 seconds to boot up. Like that's... It's, it's incredible. Like Game Pass being like the Netflix of video games... Um, makes more sense as like a comparison now that the cloud gaming thing is here. Exactly. You can put it, it'll go on pretty much any device um, that you can throw at it and you can just, it's really just a, the whole try and buy mentality uh, really. You know, you just go in and say, oh, okay, I'll pay 15 bucks, try it out, see how it goes. Absolutely. If you like, yeah. If you like yeah. it, yeah, there, there you go. It's good for um the casual gaming market as well that don't have to buy $700 hardware to just play your game. You know, they, they, there is that very viable option now to just stream games. Yeah, it just, it just, it's just at the moment now it is just working for the Xbox side at least. 
in the in the eternal words of Todd Howard, it just works. Just works. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and that is it for this episode of the Power of X. Um, let's go ahead and say what we're going to be playing um, next. So uh, I'll be playing a bit more of uh, Nobody Saves the World. Um, continue on with that. I've still got quite a few to go through. Keen to play that. I also, I know both uh, you, both of you haven't picked it up. I I did um, with the recent um, announcement of Cyberpunk that's actually been updated to the latest um, the latest version for the latest consoles. Um, they're now doing a five-hour trial. Um, so I'll be actually playing some Cyberpunk and giving going through that, seeing how that holds up now. Because I never played it originally, yeah. And I believe Toy, you'll be—I believe you're doing the same thing. Yeah, I've put maybe an hour and a half into my trial so far. Um, I'll definitely have some things to say. I've already found some <laughs> funny glitches. Nothing game-breaking, <laughs> but still just distracting from whatever is actually meant to be grabbing my attention. Um, I want to finish Judgment, and I've got Lost Judgment as well to play. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of games on Game Pass that I want to be checking out as well. I might also, I'm pronouncing, probably pronouncing this wrong, Dampanronga? Dampanronga? Dungamrompa. Dungamrompa. Okay, I'll be looking into <laughs> Dungamrompa, <laughs> seeing seeing how, because that's recently come out on Game Pass now. So yeah, I'll be playing, I'll, I'll also try that out and see how that is for me. <laughs> Got to say it with the Australian accent. <laughs> Duncan Rompa. Duncan Rompa. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Brendan? How about you, Brendan? What will you be possibly getting into? Um, I have no idea. I'll probably be keep keep playing Hitman. Um, I still got a fair bit to go through that. And yeah, I don't know. I got uh, Pokemon Arceus Legends, cool dudes or whatever it's called, um, for the Switch. I know we're not in a Switch podcast, but. I'll probably be cracking into that and more Doom Eternal. They, I'm a sucker for cool skins in that game and there's the Doom 64 Marine at the moment, so I'm grinding to get that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably play that for a bit. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like, yeah, I'll be definitely keen to hear about both of your Destiny, um, Judgment, Lost Judgment and Hitman. Uh, keen to hear what your, what your continuing thoughts are on both of those. All right. All right, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Um, thank you, Tori. Thank you, Brendan. And, um, yeah, we will catch you all in the next one. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Power of X. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out the other shows on the GamePod Your Network and Focus and PlayState. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. 
Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and our Game Podular for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular Patreon. The details for both are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by me, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Scotty J Man. You can also follow Tori on Twitter at stwtwo, and catch her Twitch streams at Tori STW. And you can also follow Brendan on Twitter at Shiggy Ninty, and catch his Twitch streams at Shiggy Ninty as well. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.